Hello and welcome to Quilt Achieviot's Market Uncut Podcast, your weekly insight into the topics and trends that we have been exploring for you here at Quilt Achieviot. Remember, so you don't miss future episodes, be sure to hit the follow button on whichever streaming platform you are listening on, or by following hashtag QC Weekly Comment on LinkedIn. I'm your host, Harry Gibbon, investment manager based out of our London office. And this week, I am pleased to be joined by regular podcast guest Richard Carter, our head of fixed interest research, and Sheena Berry, our healthcare equity research analyst. Good morning to you both. The US debt ceiling discussions were the flavor of the week last week. A few weeks ago, Donald Trump implored Republicans to let the US default, and Jamie Dimon, JP Morgan CEO, was very vocal in his disagreement of this statement. Last week saw a raft of positive and negative headlines that led to equity market volatility. On Monday, US stock made gains, but debt ceiling remains in focus. On Wednesday, European stocks dip on US debt ceiling concerns. Also on Wednesday, US stocks advance as debt ceiling concerns ease. And on Friday, we heard that some of the negotiators decided to walk out of negotiations in the White House. Richard, what is the impact of the US debt ceiling not being raised on the bond market and how does that flow into concerns for equity markets? Well, that's a good question. Let's hope we let's hope we don't find out uh, because uh, that would be uh, sort of uncharted territory and, and potentially pretty terrible. So I think more bad for the equity market uh, than potentially sort of the guilt or, or safer haven parts of the government bond market. I mean, it's interesting what you said about negotiators walking out of talks and all the rest of it. I, I, I suspect some of this might be sort of last minute theatrics to make it look like the Republicans have sort of sealed a really good deal. Uh, and I still expect the thing to be sort of, you know, agreed upon, hopefully, uh, this week, because we're not that far from the deadline. I mean, if, if it does if it does come to pass that there's a sort of you know uh, a temporary problem where they haven't raised the debt ceiling, it's it would be bad news clearly because not only potentially could the U.S. government uh, have to default on some of their debt payments, but more likely in the short term uh, they would have to stop um, paying wages of government workers, uh, and they may have to stop sort of social security payments and all the rest of it, and that would be uh, pretty catastrophic for the economy at least in the short term and. There's been talk about what the Fed could do, what the government could do to offset that, but you know, markets would be would be very uh, upset if if they didn't get a deal done in time. I mean, actually, for government bonds, it'd probably be okay, particularly UK government bonds. I think would do pretty well because people would investors would take out um, the prospect of sort of future rate hikes and start to think we're heading for a you know a short you know quite a sharp recession in the short term. But uh, let's as I say, let's hope we never find out. Yeah, absolutely. I very much hope we don't find out too. Um, now, interest rates obviously have been the topic of the last year and a half. Um, we are now at or nearing peak rates in the US and UK. Where are you seeing the value in the market? Well, we hope we're nearing peak rates. I mean, I guess as always, uh, you can never say a trade is a kind of one-way sure bet because uh, there's always a risk that you're wrong. And, and, and I guess the danger for bond markets is that inflation doesn't come down as expected and we're not on peak rates and it's further to go. However, all the signs are, and certainly markets increasingly confident, that we, we are near the peak in, in interest rates, certainly in the US and, and not far from the uh, here, you know, here in the UK and also in Europe, we, we are getting there. So I think there is quite a bit of value across uh, bond markets. And I think um, in most areas, to be quite honest with you, if you look at 10-year government bond yields in the UK, 
uh, you know, around about 4%, which we haven't seen for a long time. We briefly saw that during the period of the mini budget, but it didn't last for very long. Um, if you look at corporate bond yields, they're, they're around 6%. And, and um, even on inflation-linked debt, where you can, where you basically get what's called a real yield, so your uh, expected uh, return over, over and above inflation, those are around about 1% or so, which, again, is we're back to levels we haven't seen for a long, long time. Um, so I think there's sort of value across the board, really. I mean, it's, it's really part of our job to try and work out which part of the market will be um, will be good for will be best for investors. But we've been, as I say, adding adding to fixed income over the last few months across the board. As you say, an opportunity that we've not seen for a for a very long time. So a million dollar question might be: How long we've we got this opportunity? Well, well, we'll see. I mean, if there's a recession, yields are um, yields would probably come down. I mean, if you know, again, if there's a sort of you know, debt ceiling or thing, you know, a bad recession, you'd be better off in government bonds than than credit. But um, uh, you know, until central banks start cutting rates, uh, you know, you're probably going to have sort of yields of, of, of decent levels for some time. Hopefully, that will be that will be the case. Um, I mean, one of the areas that's very interesting at the moment is is short term uh, bonds because uh, you know the interest rate risk with those is less, um, and uh, you know we've talked before really where you can where you can get sort of four four and a quarter percent. Uh, on very short dated gilts, you can get sort of four and a half percent on money market funds, and I and I know that you know inflation's still um, very high in the UK, but it will but it will come down. I think sort of longer term, these these sort of rates of return, these sort of yields uh, will be attractive, uh, but they'll be there as long as central banks keep rates up. If once they start cutting, then you would expect quite a big big fall in yields. Thank you, Richard. And you mentioned recession there, and that takes me nicely on to. A couple of questions I have for Sheena. Sheena, if we're heading into a recession, historically healthcare has been a good place to hide, offering steadier returns than some other sectors. Why is that? Yeah, well, I suppose in uncertain environments, healthcare overall, you know, is usually pretty resilient, you know, given the defensive nature of the sector. However, you know, healthcare is a large, diverse sector, and, and the various subsectors can actually perform quite differently. So just for example, you know, in, in 2022, you know, pharma performed performed well, you know, as, as patients still need drugs and, and medication, you know, and that was even despite some high profile drug pipeline failures and some litigation issues being thrust into the spotlight. So in a recession, you know, large cap pharma companies, you know, which are typically well funded global companies are usually well positioned. But looking at sort of other subsectors, so if we look at the medical technology subsector, you know, which includes areas such as orthopaedics, so, you know, that includes the likes of your hips and knee replacements, you know, it had a more difficult 2022 due to some residual pandemic headwinds impacting procedure volumes um, and staffing constraints. However, during the most recent results season, um, we actually saw some of the headwinds that the subsector faced in 2022 uh, reducing um, with procedure volumes and hospital access normalising. An area uh, which was a little weak during recent Q1 results uh, was actually the life science tools space. So companies within this area, what they're experiencing at the moment is that some customers are actually scaling back purchases um, in order to preserve capital. So in periods of, of slowing growth, you know, healthcare overall tends to perform, you know, quite well. Um, but there will be some subsectors within healthcare uh, that will typically do better than others. 
Interesting. And what about in inflationary environments? Is it a good sector to be during these times of relatively high inflation? So healthcare companies are usually, you know, quite resilient during periods of inflation, um, you know, because the products are not usually, um, you know, not easy to substitute. You know, if a patient needs medication or a medical procedure, you know, inflation shouldn't really stop that happening. That said, um, healthcare is not completely immune to an inflationary environment, you know, and there are some areas that will be more impacted than others. Uh, for example, the, the medical technology subsector, you know, that can be impacted by, you know, input cost inflation. Um, it's usually a price giver rather than a price taker, um, which can have a negative impact in a high inflationary environment. We might also see, you know, customers, um, you know, delaying routine care um, when there are cost pressures, and that can obviously have an impact on, on the broader sector. Um, something that we have seen within the healthcare uh, sector for a while is that it needs to become more efficient. And, you know, when budgets are getting squeezed, um, there might actually be more of an emphasis on creating efficiency to ensure continued level of service. So on a relative basis, the healthcare sector isn't a bad place to be in an inflationary environment. But again, some subsectors um, will be better placed than others. Yeah, it was a, a challenging year last year and those, some of those challenges still remain. So it remains to be seen. Um, lastly, um, what are the growth drivers and opportunities you see in the healthcare sector going forward? Yeah, uh, so the healthcare sector, you know, it has a number of strong growth drivers, you know, including the ageing population, uh, focus on improving outcomes, you know, and, and it is a highly innovative uh, sector. Um, innovation and technology are changing the way healthcare is delivered, you know, and, and we're also seeing the likes of, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning offering the ability to make advances, you know, in drug discovery. So looking ahead, you know, there are a number of exciting themes within healthcare and there are certainly a few catalysts on the horizon. Thank you, Sheena. And thank you both for those brilliant insights and to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed our discussion on the podcast today, we would love to hear from you. If you have a moment, please review the show now on whichever platform you're listening to and share it on your socials tagging us at Quilt Achieviot. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, tap the subscribe button. We will be back next Tuesday. In the meantime, head over to our website, www.quiltachieviot.com, where you can read the accompanying market overview as well as subscribe to our weekly comment newsletter. You can also stay up to date with our thoughts on market news, industry insights, and our upcoming events and webinars on our websites or on our social media pages. Finally, please reach out if you have any questions you'd like us to ask one of our experts for our next podcast. Simply ask them via the weekly comments page on our website. We'd love to hear from you. And that's it for today. So thank you, Richard and Sheena, for your time today and all of you for listening. See you next time.